everybody, this is Rudy Sarge, and you're listening to the Middle Age Metalheads right here, because it's always now. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Middle Age Metalheads. Tonight, Colin Bossler, David Timoney, Michael Stamps, and myself, John Harden, are joining together for a Sweet 16 fantasy band. And what we have done is we have each picked a guitarist, a bassist, a singer, and a drummer. We're going to throw those names into a hat, and we're going to have them face off into brackets. Bassist versus bassist, guitarist versus guitarist, and so on. To our our final winners that come on top will form our band. Uh, But first, the Week in Metal. Colin, what do you got for the week in metal this week? Well, I have what started out out to be uh, an exciting topic. God, it started out so fun, didn't it? It, it did. Oh, it, it did. Fuck. So, yeah, I know. So anyway, I, so Dave Grohl released an album today called, or not today, this week called Dream Widow. And now, John, you're the expert on this. You're, you're going to have to help me out. But I believe it's the soundtrack for his new movie, correct? That's kind of. The, you know, they just released Studio 666. It's not just Dave. It's actually all the Foo Fighters it, play, okay. play Dream okay. Widow. So it's, you know, in, in the movie, they move into a house to record an album. And Dave gets possessed by a singer from some a band who was there in the 80s and who died before they could finish their their opus. And... Uh, this band was a was a hardcore like death metal band and there's a song that that plays into the plot of the film but uh i guess they got carried away as as dave Grohl does and they recorded a whole metal record uh, and, and put it out this week it's pretty good the movie's pretty it's... good too it's dumb but it's fun <laughs> what's it what's it streaming on it's on it's on video on demand right now like so you okay. gotta pay to rent it but i mean it's like five bucks or whatever like it, it's mm-hmm. you know it's a decent 90 minutes it, yeah. it doesn't overstay its welcome so i listened to that twice and i was really digging that and then last night we get the news that taylor hawkins has passed away at the age of 50 years old so like i said i was kind of like oh this is a dave Grohl release a foo fighters moment this is kind of fun and then the whole shit you know goes to pot because all of a sudden now taylor's uh, you know, gone and certainly rest in peace. But that was a that was a crushing thing to see on a on a Saturday morning. Yeah, man, that that's a brutal thing. I, Hollywood Dan texted me last night late uh, when the news because it happened in Bogota, Colombia, and man, Twitter today has just been you've never seen more love for one guy. Like, and it just spreads across every, you know, guys that you would, of course, like think are, you know, from that time and, and close with them, the guys from Pearl Jam or, or, you know, whoever it may be. But like Wolfgang Van Halen posted a picture of him and Eddie and, and uh, Taylor and j- just down, down the line, uh, you know, Jimmy Page posted a picture of him and Taylor, just all these people who he touched their lives and i mean i i'm a huge Foo fighters fan and uh that one just hit 
quick and from out of nowhere. It had seemed like Taylor had sort of got his problems under control, and they haven't said uh, what took him out. But, you know, 50 years old, like, uh, he, he lived a pretty hard life up, up until, you know, uh, it sounds like Dave really helped him through his rough times uh, back in the day. But he had been on and off clean for the past 20 years and I, I think yeah they're they're already kind of speculating that it's probably drug related and that, again that's cliche and unfortunate it, it, but but to, to john's point dude like to, to celebrate taylor's life it's like again he's like a beloved figure the guy was like just like dave is too he's just sort of like just a, a great sort of a spokesman for for rock and roll for hard rock um, and just like a, just like a, just seems like a, a, a complete sweet guy. I remember like that, maybe like the first video I saw him in was like, he's playing drums with uh, Alanis Morissette. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, uh, her, her, what's, what's her one big hit? There? Jack and Little Pill. He played that record. Oh, yeah. Uh, you you ought to know was like the first time he saw you him. ought to know. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So he's again, so he's, he's been around and then of course he joined up with, with foo, um, yeah, it's again, it's a, it's a real, it's a real fucking shame. And have you guys seen that documentary back and forth? There's a, there's no. a film about the Foo Fighters. It's really good. Like it, it, they released it around the time of uh, wasting light when that came out a few years ago. So that's yeah. now it's probably five or six years ago. But they tell the story of Taylor sort of coming to the Foo Fighters, where you know originally their drummer had come from Sunny Day Real Estate, and then Dave you know, wasn't happy with what, how he was doing it and uh, re-recorded his tracks for the color and the shape. And so, so that drummer quit and they were on the hunt for a drummer and they knew Atlantis and they, they knew Taylor and Dave had asked Taylor like, Hey man, we're going to need a, a drummer for our band. Is there anyone you could recommend? And Taylor was like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean anyone I can recommend? I played for Atlantis Morissette. Like, it's so. like, oh, it's almost insulting, like. What are you yeah. doing? <laughs> and so there he was. He became one of. The yeah, there was a there was a there was a story in the news today where you know she she'd said to him she's like so what are you gonna do when Dave asks you to join the band, um you know because she just uh, it's like watching two people who like each other in high school or something it's like what like, are you guys looking at go a mirror, yeah yeah yeah, I yeah but uh, I, I no know, I mean man. I this, this I, I rolled over roll like a ton of bricks. Yeah, I rolled over at nine o'clock this morning, uh, four o'clock Philly time, uh, and I think the first thing that came up, John, was your picture on Instagram. You know what I mean? And it was like, what the heck? And, and I ha- I hate to say it, man. It's like Foo Fighters are so loved in the Philly area. Like they're constantly on the radio, whether it's their music or like Dave will call in, you know, the local radio stations whenever he's around or something's going on. So it's like, I have to admit, I take them for granted so much because we hear them all the time. And you don't really think that these things are going to happen to, you know, the guys who are on TV smiling and calling the radio shows and like doing all this cool stuff all the time. uh, Because they have been become such a staple and such a positive influence in the industry that you just assume they're going to be around forever. And, you know, it, again, like it, it all just sounds so cliche, but I think it's it, it's a little wake up. It's a little bit of, you know, take some inventory and appreciate what you have, because these are people who, from our standpoint, in many ways, live a charmed life and life still happens to them. Um, and it sucks. 
you know, it really sucks. It's like, it, it was a big kind of weight on my day just thinking about that. Like, what a freaking drag. And then you read, like you'd mentioned, um, everybody from, you know, that kid drummer who did the videos and did the, the show yeah. with, yeah, with Foo Fighters. Out. Yeah, from her all the way to, you know, Lars Ulrich posted some things that were really awesome. And it's so rare in any industry that you find someone who, for whom there is no bad word to be said. Um, and you know what? It's all those Foo Fighter guys, man. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be a hole. It's gonna be whole because of the big pause that's gonna be in the lives of everybody while they regroup and figure out what the heck they're gonna do. Yeah. I I wonder if this ends the Foo Fighters. Honestly, it could. I think it might. As sad as I am to say it, I think I think it might. I mean, it's like Dave has always said that it's like the Foo Fighters saved him uh, from Nirvana once Kurt passed away. And uh, I don't know if just putting another drummer on Taylor's throne fixes it. Yeah, but it'll, it'll, it'll mm. definitely take some time to kind of figure out. And definitely there'll be some business conversations about that. So, yeah. And Foo I mean, that, yeah, money, that was so. a band that was like they had they had a That's big money. I mean, they were supposed to be here next month. They were taping Austin yeah. City Limits in April. Uh, yeah, there's, you, there's, you, there's, there's millions lined out. Yeah, there's, there's billions of dollars that are at stake, you know. Yeah. So it's not like they're just going to like close up shop and just sort of retire. And, and but it, it's going to take a while to kind of like sort, sort through, sort through definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, what else we got going on in the David, week what you got? of metal? You know, um, I'm a little bit out of the loop. I'm I'm not in country right now. <laughs> to put that I'm, on your uh, gravestone. I'm, <laughs> I'm surrounded by. <laughs> I'm a little bit out of the loop. What's what's the old David Lee Roth? You know, he said when he is oh, his gravestone. I want him. To, I wanted to say I told him I was sick. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm a little bit out of the loop, so I don't have a whole lot of metal news. I've been you know jaunting around uh, Ireland, doing some things, and hanging out, catching up with friends and family and stuff like that. But. Um, uh, we're we're kind of settled in now, but you know what? The thing that has been, it's kind of you know, it's like when you're when you're doing work and you just tuck a pencil behind your ear. The thing, the pencil that's behind my ear over the last couple of months has been this new, relatively new. It came out in 2021, record by Lingua Ignata um, called "Sinner Get Ready." Now, this is an, an artist who's been she's been putting out music for a while. Um, super super sharp. Um, MFA, uh, classically trained singer and, and composer and instrumentalist, and the the group, the the, the persona is this this group Lingua Ignata, which is um, a lot of kind of classically influenced and um, um, religious influence of music. And the new record Sinner Get Ready is kind of based around these Appalachian ideas of religion and. Uh, and some kind of like old style instruments, some old organs and things like that. And it's just like 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 the holy uh, the holy roller people, like uh, the people yeah, with yeah, the, yeah. the snake handlers. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like you know, it's like you know, sinners in the hands of the of an angry god kind of level uh, of like yeah, malevolence. Taylor, you've really got to get your brain ready for it, right? Because I was looking months ago at this for whatever conversation we were having 
and I something popped up in my feed, you know, top ten metal records of the year, and and number one was Sinner Get Ready by Linguic Dot. I put it on, and I was like, holy hell, this is not metal, but I am in love with it. She is for me, um, a nut, like in the same in the same car as uh, Diamanda Galas. Uh, where she's got this like really great classical influence and is just like poking every sore and hole and pussy festering gash that you have in your body. Um, you know, there's a there's a quote here that I was reading a review and there's like they're like here's you know she goes through this 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 song many hands and the quote is upon your pale pale body I will put my many hands and rough rough fingers for every hole you have. Uh, you know, and it's like uh, it's these like gut wrenching prayers of of an angry woman, um, and it's amazing. Like I said, you you're not gonna pop it in. You know, Colin's not gonna get to like L day driving around and like pop this into his USB port. Probably not. But um, it's something that deserves to be heard. You know, some music is background music, and most of what I listen to is music that demands to be listened to. And this is one of those records. And I'm going back over some of her other, uh, some of her other records. Everything is is findable on Bandcamp as well, right? So it's streaming, obviously, um, but it's on Bandcamp too. But do yourselves a favor, like, just kind of make a decision that you're going to be like, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to kind of like immerse myself in this concept and give it a listen because man it's brutal and then i'll share this because she's been sharing it very actively um throughout the release and tour of this music is that a lot of this is rooted in a very very bad relationship she was in that was like manipulative and physically and emotionally abusive and um and it's heavy. Like if you go and find a kind of do some of the some of the back reading on the making of this record, um, it's heavy stuff. It's heavy, heavy stuff. But give it a shot. And I love it. Like I put it on. I'm just like, Dang. you know, there's a there's a track on there called Pennsylvania Furnace. You know that it, it's just give it a shot. I'm in love with it. I'm just absolutely like bananas about this record right now. No, yeah. So this this is the artist known as Kristen Hader, right? Yeah, yes. and so, uh, uh, yeah, just 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 doing like a quick scroll there on her on her Wikipedia. It's like she's been doing this for for a while, and like the the, the, in, the, the really sort of like crazy influences going from like Dolly Parton to Hildegard to Bingen to like uh, mm-hmm. Kurt Cobain and Trent Reznor. It's uh, it's it's definitely I, I've not heard a taste of it, but like I am very eager to try this out thank you Dave. yeah dip, awesome. dim the lights dude dim the lights pour, pour yourself a, a big glass and uh sit in the darkness <laughs> and then and then let the darkness sit in you <laughs> let the darkness sit in you <laughs> john what you got for weakened metal this weekend metal i have the band ghost uh ghost i'm shocked about. by this you know what okay so Ghost debuted at number one with their, their new record, Impera. And it sold 62,000 copies and debuted at number one. That's not that many, really. 
Uh, <laughs> it is hardly anything. It, it, it's hardly any, I mean, it's like you look, you know, Taylor Swift's been like re-releasing those albums of hers to get her rights That's back. like how it's many like, Aaron Carter records that Colin yeah. has. In his <laughs> yeah, very close. But, but I mean, first week sales for Taylor Swift were like, 350,000, 360,000. So it's like... Those are physical copies, John? Those are physical copies, right. So not not like streams and downloads. No, this is just physical copies, you know, figuring in. But it's like, I gotta say, I'm not a huge Ghost fan. I kind of don't understand them entirely. (laughs) Like, there's some songs I really dig. like, Like, they can either sound totally metal... Or they can sound like Panic at the Disco, and I'm not I'm not sure like what what they're going for all the time. But I gotta say, this new album I've been listening to it a lot, and I'm kind of into it. Like it's more progressive, I think, than the last record. Um, there's a, a couple of songs like uh, uh, I think it's called "Call Me Sunshine" or something like that is the single. There, it's pretty cool. Like, I, I don't know. I still think the guy's voice, Tobias, I, I think his voice is a little <laughs> weird out. Kind of sounds like weird out. Like, yeah. but um, I, I do got to say this album, I think, is pretty cool. Like, I listened to it a couple times back to back yesterday. And uh, I like it more than I have a lot of their other stuff. I listened to it again on Friday. And uh, yeah, I like it. It's it's weird. One of the One of the tracks sounds a little like Rush. I was just um, going to say that. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, definitely the bass and drum breakdown is very rushed. And yeah. I forget what song you're talking about, but I know it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's catchy. I, I was surprised. But yeah, I'm thinking I'm, it is. It's, I'm, I'm, it's catchy. It really that, is. I think that's part of the quandary, David. It's yeah. like, I, it is a little catchy. And it's like, but it's also a little metal. It's also a little like pop. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that little sunshine song or whatever, that Call Me Little Sunshine or something. Yeah. That, you can actually, like, snap along to it. It's, it's I'm not going to say it's fun, but it's got a, it's got a, it's got a, it's got a rhythm to it that kind of, you know, hypes yeah. up a little bit. Not going to say it's fun, but it's not not fun. It's not, right, exactly. It's not not fun. You kind of hum along to it. Yeah, there's know. a song called Spillways, I really yeah. like. Yeah. yeah, pretty solid. Hey, Dave, yeah, Mike, have there's... you guys heard it? No, I, 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 I have to listen to it. Not, not, at least yeah, not I've, yet. But I've like, kind of, I've kind of breezed through it. But we we get the ghost gimmick, right? But I got they got this fearsome sort of like uh, spooky sort of image, and then they come out singing songs that are basically, I don't know, really sort of what what we've expected from like a lot of uh, these uh, Scandinavia. from Scandinavia. Uh, yes, we, like yeah, somewhere. Okay. Over there, yeah, so again, like we, when we talked about the, you know, in our in our one of our more recent uh, episodes we're looking at like a lot of the you know scandinavian bands who were like really influenced by like uh 80s metal and stuff and imagery and and, and song wise and stuff and and, and ghost definitely detected at the front door fuck off <laughs> it's the blink it's the blink i'm sorry uh you know they they they, they do a good job of sort of like fucking with your expectations because they look so like uh ghoulishly scary and fierce <laughs> yeah. and intimidating and then they come out and they may as well be aaron carter you know it's just sort of that's like, the hey, weird this- thing right it's like you see a picture of them and it's like these are some church burning motherfuckers and then you hear the song and it's like <laughs> it's like this this might be on trl like <laughs> i i it's 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 it's, it's, it's really it's it's really weird and, and and i find that that sort of like 
and, and it almost is like at a level of camp, right? Like what they do is sort of like, this yeah. is how we're taking the piss out of like all the shit that you take seriously. And also we're going to make you dance to our songs. Yeah. So it's interesting. And, this record doesn't have like the cloak of, of Satanism that the other ones do. No, I, yeah, I, I, I miss I, that at all. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I checked out their first record. I saw them on that tour at a small venue and it was cool. It was really good. Um, I I love the like the 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 almost tongue in cheek, you know, we love Satan, rah 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 stuff. Um, I think that first record maintains that like that level of darkness that keeps you in the like unsure about how campy they are, and I like that. I like that that inability to judge now i think it's kind of like everybody gets it so it's kind of lost its its luster for me it's, at this it's point. funny on wikipedia there, there's an excerpt from a review and it says the album has been compared to abba boston dio bon jovi and def leppard and uh, i don't disagree <laughs> yeah I, that's, that's that's when that's they not a first bad came out I, when they first came out, I thought they sounded like, you know, if Voivod broke up and became uh, like a Blue Oyster Cult cover band. And I got yeah, close yeah. that. Well, they opened you for know, Maiden when we saw Maiden several years ago, and I, I, I thought they fit. With I've the, never with seen the, them. Oh, it was, I thought they fit with the, the Maiden type of, of, of feel, you know, when Maiden They're performed. Very... They wouldn't fit anymore, not with that new album. Yeah, no, they're very produced, you know, live, they run everything through pedal boards. Um, if you stand close to the uh, close to the stage, you can hear the drums as if somebody's playing in the next room. You know what I mean? It's and there's no there's very little noise coming off the stage. It's super quiet. Um, they're running like axe effects or something like that, um, which is like, I mean, they they gear up like a cover band gears up you know what i mean like i'm surprised they don't just have electronic drums instead of a, a, like a, an actual acoustic drum kit if they, if they were a japanese band the band would just all be holograms that's that's what it would yeah. be it's like it's not even an actual band it's holograms there you go and it, it would be totally awesome too it's really weird Michael. like Yes, uh, uh, on my Spe- point Speaking here- of holograms, that brings us to your week in metal. <laughs> yes. Uh, so because uh, summer is coming, uh, and that also means that festivals are coming to your local acreage of Dirt Farm. And they're going to come and like treat it like cigarette butt beach and empty out their RV containers there. But uh, again, this is this is the great thing too about summer and and about like where we are now post COVID. If I could say that, uh, I think we kind of are in a way. Definitely, last year some uh, uh, some relaxing occurred where you know venues were bringing in like masses of people, no mass restrictions and stuff, and then people got sick and died. But you know, but we still rocked out. Uh, but uh, so it seems like every day of the week, if you're just if you're watching your uh, bands in town, or if you're watching your Ticketmaster, big festivals coming to your town, or like some sort of scraped out mountain in Tennessee. <laughs> oh, Corvette tickets for the Creatures Fest. That 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 to me is like the most intriguing of the the festivals coming, going. Out, which is uh, Peter Chris. Freely, 
Bruce Kulik, and and Vinny Vincent. Four days, and like some uh, some fill-in bands that are coming there too, which include like uh, Vixen and Quiet Riot, stuff like that. Quarantine, Quiet, Quiet Riot, Quarantine with uh, Jim. Uh, What's the guy called? Jer- the Fozzie Jericho. Jericho guy. Yep. Yeah. So I'm psyched so John, for that. John, where where is that? That's like it's in Nashville, Mountain, Tennessee. Okay, yeah, it's uh, yeah. When this stuff kind of when this stuff kind of comes through, like you see something like like Creatures Fest, and I'm like, this could be really cool, or is this just the FBI trying to get me into a remote location so they can arrest me? Paranoid much? I'm going, (laughs) but I'm also realistic as to what it is. Like these bands are going to be playing basically in a ballroom at a at a hotel. You know, there's not going to be much more chance to see Ace Frehley and Peter Chris play together at all. And I think Peter's only playing one or two songs. I'm interested. Apparently, Vinny has an album that's finished, and he's playing with a band. I don't know what it is, and they're being a little coy, so we'll see. But I mean, I know Ace Frehley and Peter Chris. (laughs) But I, but I know Bruce, it, you know, his band is playing the set that they played like on the Kiss Cruise where it, they're basically doing the, the Kiss songs from uh, from his era uh, that you just never get to hear anymore. And I'm, I'm into that. The band he has assembled, they sound really good. And I know Quarantine, like Joe McGinnis from Classic 78, he's going to be the, he's in quarantine. And, you know, they're they're playing those songs, too. So. Uh, you know, there's there's worse things to do than be surrounded by by Kiss music and Kiss memorabilia and such for a weekend. Yeah, they're fans. Absolutely. <laughs> no, there's the obviously there's the big M3 the big M3 concert that's going on in uh, in the outskirts of uh, Baltimore. That's always a good fun three days there. What's uh, that? People are probably like still sort of like blue ball, but like definitely excited for like the quote-unquote stadium tour with uh with the crew and poison may i say a a funny story about that or may i tell you a funny story about that yeah so my buddy and i were talking my buddy and i were talking the other day and he said when he bought his tickets for that tour his daughter was 13 she's now 16 and is going to be his ride He's like, do you realize what the price of gas was when I bought these? (laughs) (laughs) But I I just thought it was great that his life changed and his daughter is now old enough to drive to the show. We should have seen three years ago. Yeah, Lollapalooza is coming. Metallica's headlining one of the nights of Lollapalooza. Yeah. Uh, so again, like uh, it's it, it's wonderful to see like and, and again, I think that the phenomenon too is like you'll see like so many more bands just sort of like you know come together into these like really enormous and perhaps like exhausting sort of like uh, slates of, of you know three four day festivals and shit, which is and, and then people camping out in like uh, in dirt farms and stuff. Just it's uh it's an incredible testament to people's uh, uh, endurance, I guess, because there's only so many. Do any of you guys do that part of it? Do no. which part? No. I, no. I don't like camping part? anyway. Oh, no, no, fuck that. Like, I'm no, and, too and, and, old for that. And, 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 I, Andrea and, and I like, are going to Download Festival in England, and it's like Kiss is headlining one night and Iron Maiden the other night. We're going to show up around 7 p.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the whole camping right. thing. Uh, Find yourself a good cab. 
that's 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 a young person's game i think if you just if you wanted to go out to like bonnaroo and shit and you wanted to like camp out in some you know some old soybean farm or something (laughs) and be attacked by a bunch of badgers and shit that's that's your deal but uh or or get date raped by like all the sort of like drunken concert goers jesus it always takes the turn doesn't it It does man it's always it's it's always right on the cliff and then it falls off (laughs) i think that ends the week in metal (laughs) (laughs) on to the sweet 16 that's the week on to the sweet 16 so so just just park and leave As I mentioned, and may I say, we, John, by the way, I'm sorry, real quick, please. You're, you're automated on most everything you do. You're very intelligent and have a thousand different programs and stuff that you are oh, that you use. I love bigger. that, huh? It, he, no, I'm just saying it. You guys, you should give Look, credit. Don't credit stop too. the man. He right. speaks the truth. You just take it easy, Timothy. <laughs> but when we do this, what's so funny is it still has the San Francisco Giants hat and paper. Oh like, yeah, I think like, I think uh, stuff this time I've got a, uh, a South Austin parakeet <laughs> okay. Sandlot League hat. <laughs> okay. It's just great that it's still. It's the way to do. You know what I mean? It's like it's we can all see it. You know, we can pull it out anyway. Like I mentioned, we each. He's, he's also wearing like a Spring Grove Tigers hoodie. Fuck yeah. I keep it real. Um, all right. All right. All right. We each there picked we a bassist. We each picked a guitarist. We each picked a drummer. And we each picked a singer for our band. So first up is bassists. Bass. And we have them here. We're going to pull them randomly and pit them against one another. The first bassist to play is Colin's pick, Juan Crucier from Rat. Nice. Not a chance. <laughs> it starts already. He will be pitted against Doug Pinnock from King's X. Ooh. Ooh. That's uh, an interesting suddenly choice. Suddenly he has a chance. <laughs> well, suddenly, suddenly he's got a really good shot. <laughs> Moving that's, on. That's my pick. To be yeah. That's Michael's pick, which means David and I's picks will go against one another. His, Billy Sheehan of... David Lee Roth's band and of Shy Boy fame. You may have heard it. <laughs> may have heard it in every song, <laughs> yeah. every band he's ever played. Versus my pick, Steve Harris from Iron Maiden. Wow. Those first two are getting off easy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll move to guitarists. First pick for the guitarists. My pick, Kirk Hammett of Metallica. Don't be mine. Don't be mine. Please don't be mine. <laughs> Come on, man. Second pick, David's pick, Tom Morello. All right. Okay. Of Rage and Audio Slave. Mm-hmm. And doing which, like a which, lot of really cool solo stuff now, which, too. Which leaves Colin and Michael. Michael's pick slash what? Colin's pick. Yep. Nuno Betancourt. Nuno's got a shot of extreme and Rihanna's band. (laughs) What? He plays for Rihanna. That's that's his job now. When extreme is not on some sort of like cruise or something like that, he went with the multi platinum artist instead of extreme. All right, moving to. Drummer get paid. First mm-hmm. drummer. <laughs> I pick Tommy Lee. <laughs> Next pick. 
Mike Portnoy. Ooh, that's going to be tough. Of Dream Theater. Portnoy. I did. Isn't he in like 25 bands? Yeah. That's why I picked him. You never know where he's at. Like, (laughs) speaking of someone who's in 25 bands, (laughs) David's pick, Dave Lombardo. Like, who's he playing for this week? No one knows. I'm surprised he's not in our podcast tonight. Yeah, he's in Tesla. He's in Slayer. (laughs) Versus Michael's pick of Anthrax. Charlie Benante and of Classic 78, by the way. Hmm. Charlie. Hmm. Brings us to our singers. Uh, singers, right. First pick. David's pick. Halloween's Michael Kiske. Okay. Yeah, right. The rest. Yeah, I guess. Right. <laughs> Dude, he's like a hundred years old. He's still got it. Versus my pick. Let it be ch- Sebastian Buck, which leaves Colin and Michael squaring off once more. Michael's pick from Queensryche, Jeff Tate. You know what? I almost picked Jeff Tate. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I don't like pick. him. But I woke Versus up with Colin's I don't believe in love stuck in my head. Joe Lynn Turner. <laughs> Joel Turner. Come on Good. now. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. 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 Joel Lynn Turner's in there. He's like, you know, all right. When I think of eating, I think <laughs> of <both shops." laughs> which, which band member <laughs> shall we start with, gentlemen? Um, I don't know. You want to work you from guys. the ground? You want to work from the ground up? Sure. Go, like the section up to guitar and up to singer? Let's do it. So, all right. Starting with bass, our first matchup is Juan Crucier versus Doug Pinnock. Okay. Let's have the gentleman who nominated them start first. Good luck. Okay. Colin. Joe Pinnock. Joe Pinnock, the floor is yours. Doug Doug Pinnock. Sorry, oh, Doug, Doug Pinnock. Oh, Doug Pinnock. Yeah. Doug I think Pinnock that answers is... that. Juan Crucier moves on. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Pinnock. <laughs> I was looking up. I was, I was looking at Joe Lynn Turner's name. So if you if you listen hard enough, you can you can hear a teardrop <laughs> somewhere in the Midwest. Um, as much as I appreciate uh, the, the the finger popping that you get with uh, Juan Crucier, uh, <laughs> Doug Pinnock, uh lead singer, bassist of uh, of King's X, going back thirty plus years put out like some really sort of like groundbreaking uh, you know uh, inspirational progressive music king's x does have like a, a latent sort of like christiany vibe to them but they are not like striper at all if you listen to like you know the the, the soulful sounds of the singing of, of doug pinnock as well as his playing it's like he is like in a master class. I saw him recently, not, and I say recently, I mean within like the past couple of years uh, at, at Sellersville Theater uh, with, with, with the, the, his three piece band, uh, King's X. And he's, he's doing stuff now with George Lynch and other stuff. He's just continually like working on a bunch of stuff, but like just a, just a peerless master of the bass machine. And uh, again, it's uh, you know that's that that's why I, I, I threw him in with my pick because I wanted to like you know bring out some bands that we haven't talked about a little bit. Um, and he is uh, he he is a great player. Check out any of his records going back to like uh, you know Gretchen leaves Nebraska and shit. 
just good shit. Kigzags. Dollar. All right. Well, I did the same thing when I approached this. I did not want to go with the mainstream. I, I was I was moved because March Madness is all about the underdogs, right? We've got St. Pete's, I think, right now is the 15th rank, and they're headed to the Elite Eight. So it's always about the underdogs. So I was looking for names. Again, we don't talk about much. And to me, what I learned over the last 20 years when it comes to bassists is the backing vocals make some of these bands. The bassists really, if they can sing and they can harmonize and bring a thickness to the, to the songs, it makes such a difference. And Rat is, is better because of his singing. Juan singing yeah. makes those songs pop. There's a, there's a, there's a thickness and, and uh, an extra layer of, of emphasis in those songs. And I just, I respect the guy for what he brings to Rat, and, and I thought he deserved a nomination. You could have picked Michael Anthony, though, too. I, he like, was my second. But again, I wanted to go less known and more, right, yeah. you know, little, yeah. I'm a little more unknown. Michael Anthony, to me, would be a top draft pick. So I thought about that. I was like, who else is there? I'm like, ooh, the guy from Rat. So I, that's who I went with. The guy from Rat. The guy from Rat. Who was also on the first Dawkins record, right? That's true. Uh, right. Hey? I was going to mention that. I was going to mention Yes, I knew you were, David. But sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, you you know, back in... Back chain. in nineteen, back in nineteen seventy nine, when uh, when Don Dockin decided to leave his internship at uh, the Orthodontist and join up with uh, Juan Crucier to, to to form Dockin. Um, I'm just messing with you. Okay. Yeah, Are no, you looking no, at the no, heavens no, to get this information? Like, no. Are you dividing <laughs> that from the ceiling? Is it going to sustain this? Is it going to keep going? I think. I, I I just don't have it in me. It's late here. Um, no, I mean, I, I. The more you talk about Doug Pinnock, the less I like him. I can't stand King's X, man. I can't stand him. And, and there's that one song they had the video for where he's like on stage with this 12 string bass. And he only plays enough on that bass to, to warrant like two strings. But he's, so he's got like 10 extra strings on this bass. Um, and I don't know why in the world. I know people who freaking love King's X, they love. Doug Pinnock, and for the life of me, I can't figure out why. I thought when I saw Juan Crucier's name on this list that I was just going to immediately vote against him. But gosh, man, Mike, you 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 pulled him from the depths. <laughs> I, I pulled it from the jaws of defeat into yeah. David's arse. And... Yeah, I mean, you can't. I mean, I the, the docking piece almost blew it. To be honest with you. But um, but I gotta agree with Colin on that. Uh, you know, he lays that foundation down, and he uh, he knows how to put on his makeup. I mean, he knows how to sing backup. Good. So there, so there's, so there's that. There is that. I am going to join with Colin and David and go with Juan Crucier. Uh, just, just because I think Doug Pinnock's an amazing instrumentalist, but I also think uh, he comes from a band where it's almost like Rush to where like those guys wouldn't necessarily play great with a different band. Like it's it's almost like a little showcase for each for each guy to go off and do their 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 piece. And I think Juan fits better into a band dynamic, especially with the backup vocals like Colin mentions. I just think he's got a very good groove. Um, you, you know, guys, he's one you of the few all, people who still plays with Stephen you, you should also be ashamed too that nobody picked Rudy 
our friend Sarzo. I thought you were going to, and then you were like, no, Doug Pinnock. <laughs> yeah, well, again, I was like thinking, you know what? Doug Pinnock is fucking awesome. And, and again, because I've been listening to his record with, uh, with George Lynch. And he's he's been he's been active in like a bunch of other things too, like Crucier. It's like the last thing I saw him in was uh, that uh, that Geico commercial, you know. <laughs> what? With the, with the uh, one, what's that? With like, what's that? We have band rat in our that house. he plays uh, that he plays with George Lynch. Docking. Shit. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll find I'll find it. And I'll add it. It's yeah. It's George Lynch. Uh, and yeah, definitely Doug Pinnock and a couple other guys too. It's 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 good stuff. It's really good stuff. Uh, right. it, 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 See, here's it, you know yeah, he like also music, breaks the Cardinals. Just... Let, yeah, oh. let's go to the next matchup. Next, the next matchup. David's choice of Billy Sheehan versus my choice of Steve Harris. <sighs> David, oh, the floor is yours. Okay, first of all, Billy Sheehan has played with some of the greatest musicians of all time. He stands toe-to-toe, shoulder-to-shoulder with Steve Vai, and holds his own. You sound nervous. I, I don't sound nervous. It, I, it's because I got the, I can't, I got to turn off, I've got over my head my King's X playing in my earphones. I had to turn off, I singing oh, music. Stop that. Grandma used to sing. Grandma used to sing. <laughs> Every night, music, music. I hear music. Shut up! Great um, song. Billy Sheen's the man. The can, you got to make a, you got to make a phone call for a super group. You call him Steve Harris or Billy Sheen. Now you might maybe you call Steve Harris to see if he's got Billy Sheen's number. But uh, no, I don't think there's a. T- I'm, g- I'm going <laughs> to go to bat for uh, for Steve Harris here, as he was yeah. my pick. Now, yes, Billy Sheehan, amazing bassist. And you say like he's played with with you know some some of the greatest acts. He played with David Lee Roth, like for one album in a tour, and then like another album and then split. And then he played what who did he go to? Mr. Big? Like who did, who else did he play with? Like he's in the winery. You dogs. Love Mr. Big. Yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, but like winery dogs or like some jazz quartet. Like, I don't want to hear that. Steve Harris plays for Iron Fucking Maiden. He's been there since day one. He's the fucking yeah, you know founder what? He of can, Iron he Maiden. Is the heart of Iron Maiden. And it's like and, when you hear him, you know that it's Steve Harris. And that is my vote. All right. So, Michael, would you like to go first? And he to... holds the bass like a machine gun. And, one and, more and point then... to Gryffindor. And again, again, like when we do like these head to head sort of things, it's like we're not denigrating Billy Sheehan by saying like he's no fucking Steve Harris, but like he's no fucking Steve Harris. Dude, he wakes up every morning and high fives himself that he is not Steve Harris. (laughs) Yeah, I I doubt that. He also goes and looks at playing stadiums and Billy Sheehan is like, is Dave really retiring? Yeah, he goes and looks at his fucking bank account. He's like. Oh shit! What's Steve Harris doing these days? <laughs> oh yeah. Why, why, can't, why, why can't I just? Why, why can't I just stay in one band? He or, may be a better bass player, but we're forming a band, and I don't know. No, dude, but that's I, you just made the point. Yeah, but I don't. I mean, sure, he's better, but we're making a band. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, if he just wants to sit in a room by himself and play bass, great. Like, dude, look at the, I mean, look at the Wikipedia not, page right here. It says Talos was a popular band in Buffalo for over a decade. In Buffalo, 
in Buffalo. Right. I, I mean, dude, there's you know a what else is you know what else is popular like six times. The well is yeah. not that deep. <laughs> Take that, Steve Harris. How many bands <laughs> yeah. have you played in that played your songs? One. Let's That's let right. Michael continue his stumping. Just uh, again, uh, the, the choice is obvious that uh, Steve Harris. Uh, one, uh, not not just a, a great bass player, and, and again, you listen to like any Maiden track, you can hear his licks in there. He is like putting down stuff, and he's for, for me, I think uh, probably like one of the first sort of like uh, bands where you could actually hear the the, the sort of bass, all, not necessarily on the same level as everything else. We, I think we could appreciate listening to Maiden, like you hear the drums, you hear the guitar, you hear the vocals, and you can hear the bass. But uh, Steve Steve Harris's presence too, like on stage, he's always singing along. But he never has a microphone. He is awesome. Steve Harris, hands down, better than Juan Crucier, ten times. <laughs> Metal <laughs> Lord. Well, I agree with Michael. The choice is obvious, and I'm going to take Michael's point and say that it has to be Billy Sheehan. That's the obvious part. Because what Michael just said to me is very important. He said, when you get Steve Harris, you know what he's going to play. That's because it sounds similar every time. Michael has brought up many times the gallop of Iron Maiden. Steve, Steve Harris is the gallop. You never know what Billy Sheehan's going to do. Billy Sheehan could bring to a band a, a, a whole different mindset of creativity and bass guitarist approach. Steve Harris is going to give you the gallop. So if you want to gallop, you get Steve Harris. But to me, I want the creativity. I'm taking Billy Sheen. I saw Billy Sheen with the winery dogs, and I was amazed. The guy All is right. just unreal. We got a so. deadlock. Real real quick, because I forgot to. <laughs> yeah, what's the tiebreaker, John? Yeah, I did some tiebreakers. So hair. here's what I put hair. together. It's got to be hair. Which, which one's in the David better band? The next one is best hair. The next one is cool instruments. The next one is most metal. The next one is longevity, and the last one is background vocals. Nice. Obviously, those aren't going to work for every band member, but for bass, I think most of those work. So right. let, me, let me reach over. Back into the parakeets hat. No, I just have them like okay. thrown in a pile because of, of the other bands. Are most metal. Steve fucking Harris. Thanks, thanks for of playing, Because I mean, come on, Sheen's not metal. One, he's British. Two, he goes back <laughs> to the seventies. That makes Dude's him less glad. metal, dude. What? No, no. Being British, like being being the bassist for Iron Maiden for forty-five years, makes him less metal than Billy Sheen. Dude goes back. It's, it's like who's in the Winery Dogs? Not yeah. like, he, is. he is. He totally is. Yeah, that's why I saw another record. Yeah. And, and again, the, don't that's make not me school shitty, you on your band. It's not a <laughs> shitty band. They put out great songs. Binary Dogs hasn't put out a record since 2017. Yeah, and yeah, but Sons, Sons of a Pop. Yeah, there's man. one. There's one in the works though. Eddie Trunk was talking about it, right, Colin? I, I will know. Uh, Colin can't tell. Um, I would have no idea. Yeah, Steve totally Harris moves Anyhow. on. Most metal is not even pleased. <laughs> Steve Harris. All right. <coughs> Sticking with the rhythm section, our first Steve. matchup. 
Motley Crue's Thomas Lee versus Dream Theater's Mike Portnoy. John, would you like to argue first? Sure. I picked Tommy Lee almost not as a throwaway pick, but I just wanted some fun injected into the band. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, Tommy Lee for the longest time has, has sat behind the kit in Motley Crue. He's always fun to watch. Is it electrifying drumming? Not always, but I mean, he's a very solid drummer and he brings the entertainment value and that's why he was my pick. Right. I, I was thinking, again, looking at all that Mickey D was going to be the guy that I put up there. But you, you've you heard me go on about Mickey D forever. So, again, I was looking for somebody. And I thought of Mike Portnoy. I've seen him. He subbed in for Avenged Sevenfold for a little while after the Reverend passed away. And I've seen him again in the Winery Dog Dogs. And I, there's something about that guy that he's he's so – he can fit into anything. He can he can go into any band. He's kind of like the Vinnie Apache of this – you know, like the newest version of him. You just turn around, you're like, oh, he's on that record? I didn't realize that. And and he's everywhere. I think the guy is very uh, talented. He's very, uh, he can he can function in lots of different ways. And I think that, that he just has a, there's a, a good part of him that would be willing to go with whatever direction our band took. And so I kind of went for a functional, functionality uh, perspective for him. Because remember, we're designing our band. You want, you want functionality. David, do you want to like chime in on this uh, this contest here between Portnoy and Thomas? Hang Lee? on, let me let me pause my Billy Sheehan bass solo here. Oh my god. Um, well, I mean, uh, Portnoy is a better drummer. Uh, I don't really like him. Um, and Tommy Lee is is more fun, and I don't really like him either. <laughs> I kind of feel like it's it, this this matchup and the first base matchup are just like these guys should just be lucky to be in the same room. Um, <clears throat> but I think my distaste for Portnoy outweighs my distaste for Tommy Lee. Um, Why do you have a distaste? I could just you, don't. Could really, you please I mean, expand? I, I, I don't. I don't like actively dislike them. I mean, I actively dislike Portnoy. I. I. I, I, I don't think he has any feel. He's got a lot of technique, and I think he lacks feel. And I think Tommy Lee is almost exactly opposite. Um, and that's not to say he has no technique, but I mean he's more feel than technique. Um, so I'm going to go with Tommy Lee for that reason. Like I said, it's it's all a very passive dislike. Um, Portnoy has the has the added burden of being in bands that are technical and soulless. Um, you know, like... Uh, prog rock. Prog rock, where, where like, the, 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 the soul and the feel of the band is built into, like, the lyrics. And I don't really pay a whole lot of attention to the lyrics of, of music um, until, like, way, way, way down the line. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Tommy Lee. I just think he's, he's more fun. And uh, I don't want to, since... Um, you know, since Billy Sheehan's not in the band, he can go back to rehearsal with my with my Portnoy. <laughs> yeah, and I, again, I, I was listening to Crew this morning, and and again, uh, Tommy Lee is—he's uh, not ever really underrated as a drummer. He's definitely like a character. He's definitely like sort of like an outsized, you know, sort of personality member of 
of crew, but you listen, and I was listening to like, you know, Shout and, uh, you know, Too Fast for Love and stuff. And yes, lots of cowbell for sure. But like the dude does have technique, but not, David had like a good point. I don't know if it's like soullessness, but it's just sort of like, it's clinically clean and stuff. Whereas when you hear like, again, maybe it's just a matter of producing. And sometimes the producing is like really sort of like poor, but like those early Motley records just sort of like, you could hear the drums and that's what drives the song. That Mick Mars is just sort of like, that's what's, you know, there kind of like getting you, you know, getting you through the song, getting you into it. And, you know, you go to like any song and you could, you'll be reminded of it because if you're listening to it now, you're like, God damn, Tommy, Tommy Lee fucking knows how to drum. And uh, it's, a, it's a good, it's a good choice of John's. It wasn't, wasn't necessarily my choice, but uh, because he had already taken it. But uh, I'm gonna go with Tommy Lee. So and bad. and again, Portnoy Portnoy's fine, you know. And, and people will probably say the same thing about Neil Peart too. It's like, oh, he's just too technical and he's too precise and it's too it's too fine. But like, fuck you, you know. We know it, Neil Peart's dead, so you can't pick him. <laughs> you can't be in the band. Tommy Lee that moves was, on. That were, that, those were the rules, right? You couldn't pick a dead person. I'm, I mean, not necessarily, but sure. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, with, with Neil Pert's passing, I honestly think, well, actually with, with, uh, with, uh, Taylor's passing. uh, Yeah. With Taylor Hawkins passing, I honestly think the only one who could play with rush uh, anymore and, and be able to play rush perfectly would be Portnoy. Like, I, you know, I've seen him play rush parts (laughs) before and, and obviously Taylor Hawkins used to play rush parts all the time and, and could nail it, but, uh, yeah, super technical. Um, what was your anyway. story online? Uh, what was your story on Twitter or wherever it was, John? About you and and Taylor were sitting next to each other at the Hollywood. Yeah, I Bowl? went to I went to that? see Rush at the Hollywood Bowl. I I <laughs> want to say this was the R thirty tour. Okay. And Taylor was sitting right next to us, and wow. and uh, and he played air drums to Neil Pert every beat of every song for for the entire show and Did you ask uh, I, to get I, your I, seats moved and no it was awesome was, like was, i went, like I went with, what's that no it was just like was jason sitting sitting on the other side too yeah, no, <laughs> no but i mean you could just tell that like neil pert meant everything to him you know what i mean and it was like it yeah. was fun yeah. to watch that exuberant and and like we said i mean taylor's just a good guy and, and it's like you know a couple times he like sort of knocked into me and he's like sorry bro and i'm like dude no problem like and it was funny i went with my buddy my buddy omer and like afterwards i was like half the show i sort of just watched taylor <laughs> like it, it was it was a fun night like um yeah anyway so rush concerts with taylor hawkins our super, next super cool. matchup uh, Dave Lombardo versus Charlie Benante. Come on. Dave Lombardo <laughs> brought to the table by Dave Timoney. Charlie Benante by Michael Stamps. Who would like to start? <clears throat> Go ahead, Mike. Um, so, yeah. So, I, again, like, Charlie is a, a beloved member of the metal universe, as it were. Um, you know, we obviously had reference to him and, uh, we were talking about the, 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 classic 78 kiss, but obviously his 40 years of drumming with one band anthrax 
is uh, unparalleled and pretty fucking amazing. You see him now, uh, 40 years in, which is uh, saying a lot for a drummer. Uh, still putting out like really great fills, great beats. Uh, and, and again, you, you listen to like any Anthrax song going back to like, uh, you know, Fistful of Metal all the way to like the more recent, uh, you know, the, the last, uh, again, it seems like, why haven't they put out another record? But like For All Kings, it's like he, he is getting better. It, it, and again, it's not to say that he, he's not like a, a double bass thrash master sort of like uh, drummer. He has like a lot of uh, intricate skill and he adds like a lot of swing and soul to like what what he plays it's uh again it's uh it's a kind of a master class kind of like watch me uh, you know he, he definitely adds so much to the music player there's so many <laughs> other bands where i dare you to name like who drummer of judas priest you know all the way up to like you know uh, painkiller like just you just pound the skins pound the skins and let, let Glenn and, and KK do it. Or someone like Nico McBrain that I would have picked also too. Like Charlie is like, he is there. Stuff to, to every song. That's my pick. Charlie Benante, Anthrax. <clears throat> David. Well, you know, it's funny. You, you talk about his longevity in metal. And, uh, you know, he joined Anthrax just a couple years after Lombardo joined Slayer. And um, much like Lombardo had his on again, off again playing with uh, with Anthrax, right? And um, thing is, Dave Lombardo is just such a better drummer, and uh, and he's played with a lot of other musicians. And I think that that's a testament to uh, to how good he is. Uh, we've seen him right with the Misfits, and I saw him with Mr. Bumble. And I think that that's a that's a big statement. I think it was not until that point. That I, did I recognize, kind of like the, the oh, he's musicianship? In now, right? No, testament. He's in testament, testament now. He's in testament. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, but I think it wasn't until he was he was invited to be in uh, Bungle that I realized the level of musicianship and leadership that he possessed, because he took those gigs almost sight unseen because he knew the records. I mean, uh, Scott Ian was in the same was in the same boat. They loved the records, those early thrash bungle records. <clears throat> and you could actually see from the audience, from where we were standing, Mike Patton giving him cues and him just knowing where everything was going to go, right? Um, it was amazing. It was amazing to see. And then to have him just drop in literally practically out of the sky uh, into the seat for the Misfits, and knew every song and i think that that's just kind of the mind that he is now i appreciate uh charlie benante especially the work he's done doing those kiss covers and having lots of fun and and you know i'm the man and anthrax some of my favorite stuff but um i think as far as musicianship i think lombardo is uh is the more astute and uh capable drummer so that'd be fun john and colin you guys want to sound off on this Go ahead, John. I'll defer to you first. <clears throat> I like both these guys. Uh, you know, I, I think David's got a good point that Lombardo is able to move from band to band and adapt very well. Um, 
he's a fast technical drummer. He's almost, he's almost like the the more metal version of Portnoy. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, uh, I like Anthrax more than any band he's played with, though. And so I'm a little torn between that. And uh, Charlie loves Kiss. I love Kiss. I'm going with Benante. I. It's tough. I, I, it, it's it, a real tough one. They're both is. great, and the longevity for both is is really impressive. Um, I guess what to me what it comes down to is having seen them both many times. I think what comes what what it comes down to is the presence that they have behind the kit, and the difference that they make to the music the band plays. And I think Lombardo makes Slayer better. I think Benante makes Anthrax solid. But I don't look at Benante as that's that's a key element to my to the impact of the music on me. Lombardo has an impact on the with the music on me. I feel Slayer because of Lombardo. So I think I'm gonna go with Lombardo. I think that's fair. That's a pretty good assessment there. Thank you. So that's that splits us. We got it all tied up two we to got two. another another tiebreaker to do so let's see here tiebreaker tiebreaker is longevity oh i don't know that seems fair charlie's been in the same band 40 plus years lombardo's like eh i will uh i'll do the billy sheen <laughs> thing and just sort of like uh i'll i'll be in your band or your band or your band that's, that's, that's pretty decent that's point. Not, that's not the same difference. At least it, it is not her, the same difference. You know. I mean, he's free. I don't he's know. freelancing a little bit. I think it's, it's almost Charlie's a dead heat. Def- Both of those guys are he's, still he's, working drummers. He's freelance. He's freelancing in multiple legendary bands. Let's give it another take. Sure. All right. Let's try. Let's try another. Uh, better band. Oh. Shit, now we got to compare Anthrax to Slayer. <laughs> Well, I, uh, we're, we're right now we're picking Anthrax versus Testament. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that's that's his downfall well, of right. moving band to band. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. I'm kind of good with either one, you guys. Honestly, which one of these two is is going to be better suited to play in a new band? Lombardo. Well, I mean, obviously Lombardo because he can't stay in a band. Hey, 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 hey! <laughs> I don't talk about Charlie your drum. Sort of... <laughs> now, I, I haven't, I haven't seen like Dave Lombardo drum like Hard Luck Woman, but I'm just imagining you know, he did play percussion Charlie's for like... Santana, though. True. Yeah. Well, still going with Charlie. That's my vote. I'm gonna throw mine over to uh, to Lombardo. Boom! Ooh, there you go. <clears throat> Colin, you still staying with Lombardo? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because All because right. what somebody just said, if you're gonna have a new band, who would fit in there without much issue? I think it would be Lombardo. Not that Charlie's incapable of it. I just don't think he does it very often. It's gonna be a weird band. <laughs> Who do we, yeah, can we can we recap, John? Where where are we in our in our selection process? Yeah, well, and Dave Lombardo. 
Ricardo. <laughs> yeah, so we've we've got we've got a drum head to head versus Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee versus Dave <clears throat> Lombardo, and on bass Juan Crucier versus Steve Harris. Interesting. That's that's where we are at the moment. Thank now, you. Uh, if looking moving, to see if Dave Lombardo ever played with Steve Harris. <laughs> I don't think so. Or I haven't seen it. Not All likely. right, guitarist. Our first matchup. Kirk Hammett of Metallica versus Tom Morello of Audio Slave and Rage Against the Machine and Bruce Springsteen's band and Solo. Uh, Kirk Hammett was my pick. <clears throat> I really like Kirk Hammett's solos. I always have. I just I I like his his sort of wah wah pedal approach uh, to his solos. I think uh, combined with with James Hetfield they play off very well with one another and uh, you know when when they open the rodeo gate and he's let loose to do his solo and whatever song it is I think he usually delivers and uh, and I like his guitars I think he's got cool guitars so there you go yeah. I know somebody's got one for sale <laughs> yeah <clears throat> which one it's, uh, it's that Bella Lugosi one uh, it's Bella pretty Lugosi, sweet definitely like all right, so there's mine. Kirk H. David, David, you picked Morello, eh? Did. I did pick Tom Morello. You know, and it's funny. I could say all the same things that John just said. Um, but again, I picked him because um, he's smart and he's got a lot of feel and he's got um, great solos. You know, he's, he's really versatile, right? He, he has played in some of the most groundbreaking bands, right? From, uh, from Rage to Audio Slave, I think. You've covered uh, just a tremendous amount of, of impact. When I talked earlier about Lingua Ignata, I think about this idea of music that demands to be listened to, and Rage and Audio Slave are two bands that do that. His solos are great, um, well thought out, well planned, um, and he works well as a single guitar player. I think what John mentioned, um, the interplay between Hammett and Hetfield is true, but this band's got one guitar player, and I think Tom Morello is the type of guitar player who can handle that kind of work. Fatty. Colin, care to retort? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, here's where I struggle with Kirk Hammett. <laughs> I do. I, like, I can I just say I'm not, all I'm not tanks. comfortable. I'm not comfortable with how he much lost Colin all and I are agreeing tonight. <laughs> I, I, I don't. When I've seen him, and when I listen to Metallica, I don't know if his guitar playing matters. To be quite honest, well, it's it's not that it's not good. I just it doesn't stand out. It, it doesn't. He do, when you listen to Metallica and you see Metallica, is Kurt is Kurt. Sorry, Kirk. Really <laughs> important to the presence of that band. I think it's all James Hetfield. I think, and you even said, John, when they opened the gate or something like that. Who's they? It's it's Hetfield, the, right? The band. Well, not necessarily Hetfield. I mean, here's here's a perfect example. Take Saint Anger and put mm -hmm. that against all the other Metallica albums that you love. Saint Anger has no solo. Okay, true. True. I, I like it too. True. I, I guess I don't know. I just I, that's what I've always struggled with 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 Kirk. Same, same, even with Exodus and stuff, he's good. He's got a good. But I just I don't know if I look at Kirk and say 
wow, what a guitarist. I just go, that dude's awesome. He's in these great bands, but I don't, he doesn't wow me. I don't walk away going, that's so cool how well he played. Colin, have you heard that song? Um, what's it called? Uh, Fade to Black? Yeah, sure. That's the one who, does, the... who does the solo on that? Well, of course, he's stand? the lead. He's the lead guitarist. I'm just saying it doesn't stand out with style or panache. He's got you no like panache. Do you, like you like the guitar work on Creeping Death? Of course I do. <laughs> Okay. This is like this is like you're not you don't have to explain it to me like I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just saying he just got no panache. You don't look at Kurt Hammett and say, "Wow, this guy's amazing." I'm just like, yeah, he's cool. But so yeah, is Robert he's Trujillo. Not doing like so Eddie Van Halen, like leg kicks and stuff. He's not doing eruption style like sort of like uh, guitar solos. I, I, Again, I, 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 it's it's a hard choice between Morello and, and Hammett. So, Colin, it seems like you're you're gonna go with. You got you got a case for uh, Tom Morello? Yeah, it just I I find that music more interesting in terms of guitar work. I I find it I find it more like wow, that's really cool what they what they just did there, what he did there. I I don't I don't look at Hammett that way. So I'm gonna go Morello. Yeah. I, again, I I, <laughs> I I I don't I don't know what sort of wedge this puts me in here, but it it looks like I'm obviously the last one to to, to decide here, um, but. Uh, <clears throat> could it be a case like that we maybe take kirk hammett for granted like the guy is like singular awesome he it's like it's just like saying like you know what iron man would be better off without adrian you know smith or dave murray it's like what what kirk the hammett fuck? is the lead guitarist for the biggest heavy metal band in the world I, I think yeah, people I have been that. saying that. By the by the way, Michael, I think people have been saying that about Adrian Smith for a long time, and I don't know how wrong they are, but I'm leaning wrong. <laughs> like, no, actually, well, I, no. Let me fix that. I think they're right. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. But 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 then again, uh, because you didn't want to go to the show, it's like you know, you could have seen for yourselves. Like Adrian Smith, not not Gers, is integral. <laughs> it's like he is like. Just I'm not saying you don't need him. I just look at Iron Maiden and I go, Dave Murray is integral. Adrian, the person playing Adrian Smith's parts also integral. Whether or not it's Adrian Smith, I think is kind of a crapshoot. What 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 if he were replaced by like Tommy Thayer? (laughs) As long as that means Tommy Thayer leaves Kiss, it'd be great. (laughs) But uh, again, this this is uh, this is a, a a tough cookie right here because. Yes, I totally, totally love Tom Morello. Tom Morello's uh, his his personality, his politics, his smarts, and 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 everything that he brings. Uh, is, and again, like we use this word technique and stuff, not to like demonize it or, or or stigmatize it in a negative way. But like what 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 he has done with the guitar is like short, nothing short of revolutionary. It's like. You know, you could draw like a line that's almost like from Jimi Hendrix to Tom Morello and what Tom Morello did with the, the guitar and uh, what he did with, especially with Rage. Uh, you know, Audio Slave stuff is like pretty sort of neutered. Uh, there's like some good solos on there, but, uh, you know, just just amazing fucking shit. Um, but against like Kirk Hammett, Kirk Hammett's been like doing Metallica for, for 40 years. Um and putting out some really awesome stuff very, very, very consistently. 
um, great riffs. If, 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 if he's not the flashiest member of the band, shit, it's like that, that shouldn't be like uh, something to hold against him, I don't think. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know, you listen to the music, you listen, just go back and listen to anything on Master and stuff and listen to the riffs and stuff. Yeah, there's James in there doing the rhythm, but like Kurt is like hammering away, giving all the solos, all the sort of like little squeals and stuff. And, and, and really bringing the shit. Biggest metal band in the world. The reason why we still talk about metal here, like 40 years after it's perhaps uh, relevance. So I'm going to go with Kirk Hammett. Oop. We are tied. Cripes. Better hair. Off to the hat <laughs> of tie-breaking. Squirreliest mustache. <laughs> uh, longevity is what comes up. All right. And that right. there well, means Kirk Hammett moves like 10 on. Years. <laughs> this band's got good, good ten years on Kirk, on Kirk Hammett still in Metallica. Tom Morello host on Sirius. And it's a great show. Everybody it really check is. Out his and podcast. and you know what? Like Mike said, I love One Tom Man Morello Revolution. Too. Yeah, he I, he he's amazing. But I mean, for a metal band, uh, you know. Kirk Hammett, his career far outweighs Morello's. So, yeah. And, but again, people should like check out his like uh, Atlas Underground latest, uh, uh, you know, like an EP coming it's, out. It's like a solo release or something. It's like just great shit. If you love his squealing, snarling sort sort of guitar work and stuff, it is it's great shit. Let me move us to our last matchup, which is going to be for David. Really unenjoyable. <laughs> so ugly. Guns and Roses slash brought to you by Michael Stamps versus Colin Bossler's Nuno Betancourt of Extreme. Okay. And Rihanna. Right. And Rihanna. <laughs> yeah. Michael, Mr. Stamps, I defer to you, sir. Um, the guy's name is Slash. Perhaps you've heard of him. That's it. He's he's like the guitarist of Guns N' Roses, which is another of the biggest metal bands, hard rock bands in the world. His name is Slash. Uh, what do you got? I encounter with his name is Nuno, which is you know a pretty pretty badass name. I I think Nuno yeah. Betancourt. I, I got to see him. What's with- what's he up to uh, these days? He's doing the the touring, you know, with the other guitarists. He did uh, Generation X a couple years ago, and I, I imagine he's out touring with somebody right now in some version of G three or something out there to play guitar and and, and get paid this, to this do it. This is the guy who was in that band Extreme. Correct. He was, yes, he was correct, and he considered himself bet, better than Eddie Van Halen at one point. I yeah. again was I looking for some... that feel to be a party yeah. of one. Well. How's, how's, how's that? <laughs> How's that been working out for him? Yeah, I, I, again, everybody who thinks I'm better than Eddie be at my Van Halen too. <laughs> Nuno, your excuse. I I was looking to again get an underdog, bring somebody into the fight that uh, you know we don't talk about too much. The guy's got technical chops. He knows we what he's doing. We don't talk about Nuno. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what's what's like a what, what's your what's your favorite sort of like uh, lick? Or you know, solo from Nuno. Oh, I don't. I don't uh, have a favorite. I enjoy. Over. I enjoy some extreme on occasion. I, I, I dig their albums. Uh, a little punkish, a little popish, a little, a little metal. Uh, it's fun. It's a fun mix. 
I, I just think the guy is he's very technically gifted. Uh, I think he's a strong contender. I've seen Slash. I enjoy Slash. Slash is very rooted in blues and 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 does a lot of cool things. I don't know if he's necessarily as technically as complex as Nuno can get, but uh, I don't know. I thought Nuno would deserve a little, deserved a shot, deserved a nomination. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if the Cinderella story can work for him, and he'll he'll defeat Slash. But it'll be up to the up to the uh, crowd here and the other two guys for their votes. Okay. We could, have, we could have thrown in Ingbe too. I didn't want to get that crazy because no. I don't want to do that. To, no, I, I can't vote for Ingbe for that stuff. He's too out there. No one can. <laughs> David, what you got? Yeah. Nice. Man. Man. <laughs> um, I don't. He's like going to vote Slash. for Lombardo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like Slash. I've never liked Slash. He's got like there's one I think the outro solo on Paradise City is like the first time I ever heard him play something I was like, "Oh, that's really cool." Um I just don't like him. I don't like his riffs, I don't like his sound, I don't like his face. Um <laughs> I don't like your face. I don't like your face. Um no, I'm going with Nuno. Nuno's a better guitar player. Um and uh, Slash is not. And fame is not going to, you know, fame ain't going to get it. You know, it's not going to It's not gonna pay the bills. So, so David, what's, what's your favorite extreme song that Nuno performs on? My favorite extreme song? Strangely enough, aside from the, the lyrics and the, and the vocals, more than words probably, I think his feel on that, the, the acoustic guitar sections uh, of that tune are really good. Um, but most of what I've heard of his is, playing is, is, is this better than like uh, Patience, which is also yeah, by by song. far, yeah, by far, like really good, nice chord voicings and uh, and stuff <laughs> and stuff. Wow, that's very <laughs> specific. Stuff. I love. Well, I mean, stuff. if it were if well, I mean, I, I think that the the harmonies that Sharon did on that are really poor. Um, and it's hard to gauge the quality of that song as a song, but I think that the guitar playing on that song is, is put up against Patience. It's a better guitar song than Patience is by far. Um, as a have song, it's not a called uh, Sweet. If, have you heard that song called Sweet Child of Mine? Yeah, at least he's talking this way to everybody, not just me. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, hate that song. Like, yeah, like, just, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a little incredulous. <laughs> you know, it's like no, I, you know, I'm picking sides. I'm going with Slash. Betancourt yeah. like screw you. I don't know. Um, you could just like here, here's why. I just think Slash records fits better in a band scenario than Nuno does. I I think really that I do because I think you know his work with Guns N' Roses, with Velvet Revolver, with Snake Pit, and now with Miles Kennedy. I think his playing adapts to to different vocalists, and he's always great every time. Whereas Nuno, to me, always felt like, like it doesn't surprise me now that he's part of G6 or whatever, because it always felt to me like Nuno was just like finger fucking the whole time. It was just like, like they would have some sort of song, not, not a great song sort of built around like his, his, his stronics. And like, then he'd get in there and, you know, do it, do a solo again. It's almost like a, like a pop version of Megadeth. And it's like, I don't need to sit and watch some guy play Flight of the Bumblebee technically, like how great he is. Like, 
I would rather have a guitarist who fits the song and does a great solo within that song. And for band after band, Slash has been that guy. All right. Does that make us uh, need a tiebreaker, John? It does. Tiebreaker. Oh, if if you pick great hair, Nuno's screwed. What? I, I thought we were going to pick great hair. Was it best hair, right? It's a thing. Better band. Oh, Duh. Slash well, moves on. Yeah. Considering Even no if one it was can just Velvet uh, Revolver, songs. it would still be a better band. <laughs> Even if it was like a Slash's Snake Pit, it would still be a better band than Extreme. <laughs> Nothing's wow. true. Not, not, not taking anything away from it's Extreme. It's true. Like, it is true. No, it is taking it everything is. away from Extreme. Sucks. Because yeah. Extreme it, no, is not I mean, good. Don't get me wrong. Extreme sucks, but I don't like Slash. <laughs> snake Pit, that's some good sucks. stuff, though. Mama, I don't want to go to Revolver too. That's what I mean. You know what I mean? It's like, I I just think that he's been at the center of so many great records. That one that you just held up, the first Velvet Revolver record, so fucking good. It's great. Like Slither, his guitar line on that is like so great. I mean, come on. Like, they they are great. All right. Fucking opening line to like fucking uh, Welcome to the Jungle. It's like, yep, slash, slash, slash. Let's go. Come on. All right, singers. First, our first matchup, Halloween's Michael Kiski versus Sebastian Bach of Skid Row. David? Michael Kiski's got great range. He's kept that great range, the great sound, and he has shaved his head. Dude, Sebastian Bach, his face, dude, Got backed over with the ugly truck, man. What the heck happened to that guy? He aged hard. Yeah, time, time is not an easy thing, David. No, man. Um, and he doesn't sound. He, he's not pulling the same sound, dude. Michael Kiske sounds great. He sounded great 30 years ago, and he sounds great now. And that's why I picked him. I don't think. I don't necessarily think he's got. You know, I almost went with Jeff Tate. Um, just mostly because I had this stupid song stuck in my head all week. Um, Which and this uh, is a I don't shock believe to me. in love. I don't. Be- I get songs stuck in my head every single day, sometimes multiple times a day. That's a great song. Um, it's okay. Um, but anyway, um, no, I think Michael Kiske's great, and he's proven uh, time and again uh, his ability to play with other bands, his ability to write great music, and uh, he still brings it. So Michael Kiske. But all right, Bach was my pick. Uh, I just I love all the work he did in Skid Row, and and I think after Skid Row, he's also done really solid solo albums uh, that you know haven't been as popular or in the forefront, obviously, as as his Skid Row work was. But his recorded output, and yeah, I mean, granted, now 30, 35 years down the line, he may not be able to hit those notes. I think he, like a lot of singers, sort of painted himself into a corner with his style of vocal even rob halford now can't hit the 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 true notes of judas priest and age just catches up with them but i think the work that sebastian did is awesome and i like him as a person i think he's funny and he doesn't dance with inflatable skeletons like Kiski. so sebastian bach didn't dance with him you know talk to him on stage potato potato all right, Michael, would you like to take your uh, stance here between these two gentlemen? 
I know who Sebastian Bach is, so I'm going to pick him. The guy from Halloween, the guy from Halloween, not the guy from like Walls of Jericho. I'm going to go with Sebastian Bach. Me too. Not, it was, yeah. wasn't my choice, but like, and I, I could appreciate David's sort of pick. And again, you, you really like these these singers who have been able to like uh, push out these. Like, he left Skid Row like 30 years ago. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. But I mean, Colin, it's, it's, Colin nobody, will back me on this. The solo albums that he put out after Skid Row are as good or better than some of the Skid Row records. Totally agree. Totally agree. Again, and he's still totally capable. Again, like whatever Snake and Rachel are doing, like they're fucking costing themselves money. Dude, they put out a new song this week and you hear it and they're obviously aiming for a guy who sounds like Sebastian Bach in those songs yeah. and he doesn't get there. It's yeah. it's very obvious that they're coming up short and still chasing that dragon. Right. Yeah. So, but 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 in this particular matchup, it's pretty easy for me. And again, it's like nothing against Halloween. We we, we obviously love Halloween. Colin, what are your thoughts? Oh, it's got to be Sebastian Bach. He's he's a voice that I would pick. Matter of fact, I, I picked him for our dream band. If I'm not mistaken, he was my uh, my singer that when we when we did our uh, draft, I, I drafted him for my own band. So, uh, and his work on Gilmore Girls is. Always fun. So you know. there you go. David yeah. can actually get behind that one. I enjoyed his performance <laughs> on Broadway in Jekyll. I was and really hope. I was really hoping that Michael Kiske was going to be on Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Had he been, I don't know. I might have thought about it then, but no, it's got to be Sebastian Bach. <sighs> All right, we got some other singers. Right, Sebastian now. moves on. Our final matchup of the night. Initial matchup, rather, is, <laughs> is Jeff Tate from Queensryche versus Joe Lynn Turner from a zillion bands, Rainbow and I, I, what else? Laugh. <laughs> uh, Michael, you brought Jeff Tate to the table. Let's hear it. Uh, yeah, so I, I vote for Jeff Tate. <laughs> yeah, but why? why was, <laughs> Thank you. Why was uh, he your pick? Because, like, uh, having just reached, I've seen him now uh, maybe like five times in the past three or four years. Uh, obviously, Colin and I saw him in Sellersville, interviewed the gentleman uh, with, with his wife. Uh, dude's voice for the songs that his band constructed there, especially in the 80s, uh, he's still, he still got it. He's still totally got it. And he's, he's definitely putting out some more solo stuff and he was like singing on uh, uh, Sweet Oblivion that 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 uh, little record that came out that he did he is abs and, and his voice the range of his voice you know the you know the really low baritone and get, he can still do like the high squeal him totally bring out the saxophone too every once in a while for Jet City Woman or some shit <laughs> but like uh, it's <laughs> It's awesome, though. It's awesome. And uh, uh, Joey Turner, I like. Um, it, 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 uh, a couple of Rainbow records, I guess. Yeah. He was in Rainbow. He did some. He did a Deep Purple album. He sang with Ingves well, you know, in the band. Yeah. So, Tommy Bolin? Tom, Tommy Bolin band? Uh, maybe. 
I picked Joe Lynn simply because I like the dude's voice. I think the voice, I think he's got a great voice. I, I, there's some, there's something no, about no. his presence that I just, and again, looking for the underdog. And I was just like, you know who, who I like? I like this guy's voice. So that's, that's what I went with him for. Okay. All right. So, uh, David thoughts. Um, I don't know. I mean, Joe Turner. <laughs> well, you don't have to laugh when you say yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You singing a Joe Turner song all week. Versus, versus. I Jeff hope you Kane. get one stuck in your head, dude, and it doesn't go that away. That would be dude. near impossible. Where is he going to hear <laughs> oh that? I don't think I can. Listen to some <laughs> rainbow and let it get stuck in there. He'll <laughs> be like, "This guy sounds like good." We're like, "Yeah, that's Dia." Three to three. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, listen to no. I mean, <laughs> um... <laughs> seriously, stop <laughs> laughing. <laughs> no, man, I'm going with uh, with Jeff Tate. <laughs> I, I mean, that's his reasoning. That's his backup. <laughs> I guess. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm uh... going with Jeff Tate too. Like, no, I... I mean, I'm going with Jeff Tate because uh, I, he was almost my pick. He's got a great range and he's maintained it. Um, now that I can get that, like I think he must be thin in the eyebrows now, um, and and with the with the hair, uh, I think he's he's a lot more palatable these days. Yeah, there's no hair. And, uh, he's like seventy. Yeah. But he he's had that like. like. No, but he for a while he was doing that like streets of fire look, and with the eyebrows. Whew, man, I just I was like I can't listen to this man. If I if I listen to this man, people are gonna be like, what's wrong with you, man? And by people, I mean me. <laughs> but like his look doesn't have anything to do with like how he sounds. Though. Well, how he sounds is fucking great. I I have been a huge fan of Queens Ray since they began, and that has not waned. And I think he still sounds great. You know, like in the in the past few years, like like when you guys went to interview him and and meet him, he's been. Touring Mind Crime and, and Rage for Order and Empire and uh, those are not technically easy records to sing and uh, it might it might be a little rearranged to give it to give him a hand uh, but I still think by and large he sounds pretty awesome and on those records especially incredible so yeah. Jeff Tate all right that takes us to our Elite Eight right it does so. To run down our matchups again, singer Sebastian Bach versus Jeff Tate, guitarist Kirk Hammett versus Slash, bassist Juan Crucier versus Steve Harris, and our drummer matchup where we are now, Tommy Lee versus Dave Lombardo. And this puts together our band, right? Because the it final does. four so is our whatever band. Pick, whatever pick we make here becomes the band member. Okay. Okay. All right. We're starting with drummer, you said? We are. Tommy Lee versus Dave Lombardo. All right, who would like to go first? <clears throat> Dave Lombardo. John. He's just a bit better drummer. <laughs> Tommy Lee. I'm going to stay with Tommy Lee as well. Oh, man. <sighs> <sighs> Colin, you're the tiebreaker. Well, Tommy Lee is one of my boys. I mean, that's, you know. Uh, I just feel with, like, who our matchups are to go and knowing where <clears throat> where we're going to lock in on other members, Dave Lombardo doesn't really fit our other band members. 
Can you give me the rundown of the other six, please? Sure. Singer, Sebastian Bacher, Jeff Tate. Guitarist, Kirk Hammett or Slash. Bassist, Juan Crucier or Steve Harris. I agree with you, Tommy Lee. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. There's there's no match there. Oh, John, no. John, no, John made a John made a solid point. There's there's no match for Lombardo with the remaining artists that we have. Other artists, had they made it through, I might have I might have <clears> gone <throat> with that Lombardo pick. But I I agree with with John's point. That's that's uh, that's hard to beat. Bassist, Juan Crucier versus Steve Harris. I'm still going to go with Juan because I get backing vocals. All right. I want the vocals in my band. Uh, and now, especially since you gave me Tommy Lee. That's I one want for the, one. I want the uh, one for one. I want the bassist who can sing. All right. There's Colin with one in a million. Oh, my gosh. David? Uh, Billy Sheehan. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I, I'm still looking for Billy, but he doesn't sing. Then I'm going with Juan Crucier. Because he's got more range. Y'all are both silly, Michael. <laughs> I want to see what this band sounds like with like some thundering Tommy Lee drums and some fucking Steve Harris going on. So I'm going with. You already Steve know Harris. what it's going to sound like. Yeah, oh yeah, fucking, fucking good. Which is gonna be awesome uh, and weird. <laughs> I'm going with Steve like, Harris as gonna, well. That's going to sound like Steve Harris filing for divorce is what it's going to sound like. (laughs) That's another head-to-head tiebreaker, which is Best Air. That might be Juan Crucier. Yeah, I think that's Juan Crucier. Is it Best Hair now or Best Hair then? (laughs) I mean, Juan, I'm sure back in the day, had, had solid hair. But I don't know if he has it now. I don't know if he has it now. Harry he has like a, a, he, Harry has the same hair he's always had. It's like like almost three, three feet long and it's thick and it's a little you know kind of wrinkled and, and stuff. Steve Harris has like Hairs? classic metal hair. Crucier had like poodle cuts and shit. And now 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 he's just got like barely like maybe like a little like something that you could like pinch into like a like a one of those little flippy things like a little banana clip right. he wears a hat most of the time too. we may have to go back to the hat let's see. thank you let's go back to that yeah hair's okay. not fair longevity okay well there you go <laughs> steve harris when steve harris was founding like iron maiden while juan crucier was like figuring out how to like tie his shoes probably yeah guitarist Kirk Hammett versus Slash. We're building a band whose foundation is Steve Harris. I, and yeah, Tommy Lee. One Been that's done. only sold like 65 million records worldwide and can yeah, play that, a stadium that's tomorrow. Ain't no stadium showing up to see a band just because of Steve Harris. I mean, that's not Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden is his band. They play stadiums. Steve Harris, Tommy Lee, and who's going to be on guitar will it be kirk hammett or <clears throat> saul hudson that's right <laughs> also known as slash colin please circle back to me all right david 
Man, I I don't like this choice. Go with let Michael answer. Slash. <laughs> Going with slash. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Just going with slash. About slash. Just recently. I am going mm-hmm. with Kirk Hammett just because I think it would be fun to see him play with Steve Harris. That would be cool. Tommy Lee like trying to keep. Tommy Lee's a. Yeah, Tommy Lee's trying to keep up furiously in the background. Yeah, he's 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 like queuing up the the karaoke track on the drums. <laughs> I, you know, Tommy Lee has some albums that he's put out. You know, he he can he can bring more heat than Motley like his Crue. electronic records and stuff. Yeah, he can bring yeah. more heat than Motley Crue needs. You know, Tommy Lee's got some more. You know, he's got some more in reserve if necessary. I all right, Kirk Hammett. <laughs> All right, so we got I just don't. Because, I just don't know if he. I mean, you now you have him and Steve Harris and Tommy furiously working back there. I don't know if that man's going to be any good, <laughs> but it's going to have energy. style stuff. David, you know, between the two of them, they've got one mustache and one head of hair. Um, but I got to go with Kirk Hammett. I can't stand Slash. I just can't stand him. This is a non-vote. This is an anti-vote. Nice. All right. We've gotten to the front of the stage. Our vocalist matchup is Sebastian Bach versus Jeff Tate. Can you regroup? Uh, who are our three? Who, who, who's behind the, the front man? Drums, Steve Harris on bass, Kirk Hammett on guitar, and either Jeff Tate or Sebastian Bach is our singer. Well, now since we ended up here, Jeff Tate. Right? There's one for Tate. Michael? I'm going to go with Jeff Tate. I think I'd like the sound of this. There's two yeah. for Tate. David. Going with Jeff Tate. There's three for Tate, which means my vote for Sebastian Bach is null. <laughs> <laughs> so Je- Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Tate becomes... Middle-aged metalhead supergroup is... Jeff Tate, Kirk Hammett, Steve Harris, and Tommy Lee. Wow. <clears throat> Sweet 16 band. I- I, my bracket would have been busted a long time ago in this one. Yeah, did yeah, right? You know what? Had we gone with Sebastian Bach, every member would have been mine. Oh, wow. Sure. So you wow. got out of your books <laughs> Wow. Look at you. So here, so, so here's my thing. The, 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 the player I have the biggest problem with is Steve Harris. And I'm not... And, <laughs> you mentioned that. No, so, no but yeah, here's so the thing. said... Even if the other three don't get in, I think the guy who stands out in the crowd is Harris. I could see Hammett, Lee, and Tate fitting into a band. I don't know how hard Steve Harris would have to work to not make it look like it's Steve Harris sitting in with a band that already exists. I totally agree with that statement. Steve Harris would be out of place. Again, I think that, that that's maybe not doing uh, Steve or, or Harry like a sort of like uh, a service. Like he, obviously he founded his own band. Uh, he's the bassist of the band. He writes a lot of the songs. He's definitely very much comfortable in the background in a way because one, he's the bassist, uh, but two, because like he doesn't do any like uh, background vocals or anything like crazy or anything uh 
And if, if, and if you if you just like listen to like enough Iron Maiden, or if you're familiar with enough Iron Maiden, it's like he brings like a lot of like really subtle notes too. He doesn't necessarily have to be like out there doing the fucking gallop and stuff like Trooper and bullshit. Listen to like um, the opening of Infinite Dreams and stuff. It's like, whoa, this guy knows how to play, technically skilled, but also like really like touched. You know, you know, like tapped into like the sort of like the the, the sound and feel of the, of the song and the lyrics, which he obviously wrote as well. It's like a, he's a great musician. Um, I, I'm sure he's adaptable to this situation with Jeff Tate. We're going to contact all these guys and tell them that like they have like a record contract, right? Obviously, <laughs> That's yeah. Right. Tommy yeah. Lee, obviously not that busy. Coming soon uh, to Age of Metal Records. That's right, baby. There you That's go. Right. What's the, the name of the band? And uh, we got, uh, I think we named the band Sweet 16, but sweet like a hotel suite. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> style. I love it. Oh, wait, wasn't, there already a, wasn't there already a that's band what that's called Honeymoon Suite? John, was, John already planting that? Yeah, John named that band when he put his, his four choices together. He's like, when I win every single category. <laughs> It'll be Sweet 16. <laughs> I see your bracket. That's pretty impressive. Look at the middle. Uh, uh, nice. Sweet Excellent. 16. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That, that there work. you are, folks. That was Another fun. episode of our fine podcast. Who would like to get us out of this jam? Oh, I'll take you out of here. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first time we've tried this, and we slogged through it. I think we'll still be friends when it's over. Um, for Michael Stamps. For Colin Bowser, for John Harden, I'm David Timoney calling you from Muff, and we will talk to you next time.